A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, a round of the week complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Cedric. Michael Hamlet enjoying a well-earned week off, and we are here to look ahead to AEW Dynamite, the go-home show ahead of All Out, which is less than away. And there's lots of intrigue by the fact that there's not a lot of stuff advertised for this show, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. There's a, a bit of a mysterious element to the main event of All Out. We'll get to that. <laughs> and in fact, this show, because there's only three things announced, it feels like they're going to go big on angles and promos. Um, I'm sure announcements about what will form the card tonight will get drip-fed throughout the day right immediately after we stop <laughs> uh, recording. It's kind of a different tack to how um, Tony Khan usually does this. I don't think he's ever announced a main event late in the day. I'm wary of... Have you, have you seen this? you heard about this? Have you seen how the podcasters... like? Those two words together are becoming a meme mm. to describe, like, you know, dickheads like us and all the rest of it. And there's some weird umbrella collective take. Apparently, the podcasters have been fretting about the fact that they haven't announced the main event yet. These podcasters have not been doing it. I've got complete faith uh-huh. in this story. And again, I've said this one million times. It's Mox, it's Punk, it's Tony Khan. Even if Tony Khan has lost his mind, Mox and Punk are two of the most intelligent storytellers. They must have a phenomenal idea that justifies prolonging, delaying, sorry, this announcement. And they must have a sensational promo exchange or angle in mind. And I absolutely trust them implicitly to do it tonight. I have WWE brain with a lot of things. Uh I don't have WWE brain with this. I just trust these guys implicitly. Yeah, I'm a bit tired with the AW trope of we hear from blank and you and I sit here, usually talking about Rampage, if we're honest, yeah. and say, okay, so Athena's going to interrupt Jade Cargill to set up their match for the pay-per-view or whatever it may be. Tonight is the most I've ever been invested yeah, yeah. in we hear from because, you know, uh, we sort of discussed it at length last week. We did numerous podcasts on it, the Dynamite Review, um, Wrestle Culture, you know, a whole variety of different people's opinions and 
um, and anticipations of where this goes next as well. Uh, we did a podcast, I believe you, me and Hamlet actually saying who faces uh, Mox at, at All Out. And I'll hold my hands up, you know, it was quite split, this room. And I sat there and said, look, I did not receive the world title match in the same way that you did. But when you sat here and passionately talked about it, and then subsequently sat here uh, later a date and you suggested potentially, you know, that you have the rematch with Punk. And I was like, I'm not sure I'd buy that. And then you say stuff like maybe Punk puts his career on the line or whatever it may be. I, you know, I'm intrigued to see how they get someone like me, who's you know a huge fan of AEW for obvious reasons, um, they turned me around on this because at the time I was like, "What?" I literally, what the hell is that? But like we often say, we give AEW more leeway because we've been given reason to do that for the whole let it play out nonsense. You know that people throw, throw yes. around too much in <laughs> But like you said, you know the moment you sat here and said it's. Tony Khan and John Moxley and CM Punk. Like, and I, I re- reiterate, they didn't need to put the world title match on. If they'd have sat there three weeks ago and gone, I bloody hate you, which is why in three weeks in Chicago, I'm going to cave your head in and take your title from you. So they weren't backed into this corner of like, we have to put a world title match on. And now we, what, what finish do we do? Like, this is not necessarily the first chapter of a story, but certainly... There is there is more pages to go in this book, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Like, look, this has been so exciting and controversial and uh, mysterious and compelling that I'm probably going to repeat um, points that I've made across, what, three different podcasts <laughs> yeah. at this point. Um, so apologies for that. The mega fans will forgive me. Um, so just to reiterate for those who have forgotten or haven't heard and are wondering what I think will unfold on Dynamite tonight... Right. Start the show. Pyro goes off. You know what that means? <laughs> and then I think they'll start with the mock segment. It's becoming a bit of a fixture on AEW programming, not one that I'm necessarily into. But if you look at how light, at time of recording, this show is on matches, look, ultimately, the primary goal of this show is to build and, in fact, announce the main event. Everything else will be a bonus. People still buy AEW pay-per-views for the main event. Um, I firmly believe that anyway, most of the time. Um, yes, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay sharing a ring together will be fantastic. Oh. I'm going to go into that imminently. Um, but yeah, I think Moxley opening the show is absolutely the way to go, even if we've seen it uh, for two consecutive weeks prior to this. It's just the the the... Uh, the cold reality of business is that they've got a pay-per-view to sell. So, yes, you know what that means. Well, thing, I made my heart sing. Well, thing, you made my heart sing. You made everything. Groove <laughs> Got a bit old man chammer at the end yeah. there, but whatever. Uh, so, Max comes out, and he gets the microphone. And says, no, 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 he yeah. So, Max comes out, um, and he brags about the victory. Hopefully without too much exposition, but it's Mox. A, he won't do it that much. B, he can do whatever he wants. He's John fucking Moxley, and he's the best. He's going to say something to the effect of, I've only held this title for X amount of time, and I've already beaten absolutely everyone, um, even the so-called best in the world, my ass. Talk about the match itself, and then out comes... Look at my eye, what do you see? 
Got a personality. <laughs> He's got a <laughs> bit like a new declare. And then CM Punk comes out. Literally, I'm podcasting for an audience of one. Mm. That's Matt Rains, the legend. Shout out to you. <laughs> I know you pop for this stuff. Um, and yeah, Punk's going to come out. And I don't know who's going to put the career on the line. I don't know if that is, in fact, the way to go. But crutches you... or no crutches? Sorry. Ooh. Crutches to throw, then throw away? Or... I, don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm glad you mentioned this. Does he even need crutches or does he think he needs crutches? Because if you watch Rampage, we hear from CM Punk for 10 goddamn seconds. <laughs> I did watch it closely because that rewind it says that it. Yes. And when Punk was led backstage by the trainers, he said something to the effect, and I'm paraphrasing, of I couldn't feel anything. Mm. I don't know what's happened to me. But when I broke it originally, I didn't feel anything then either. Has he injured his foot at all, or is it a psychological block? Ooh. I don't know if he was sort of insinuating that or what, but, you know, it's an additional wrinkle, something to uh, consider. Um, either way, I think crutches is possibly a little bit too much. Um, the only reason I do crutches is so that as he's walking down to the ring, Moxley can say, taking long enough, I might do some uh, snow angels while you're walking down yeah. that one, because then there's the, the synergy of that and the... It laid out punk from last week. Absolutely. So <laughs> crutches might be a bit much. Um, I just think it might be a little bit broad with the idea of, look, the idea here is that I think, obviously punk marks is, I'll put money on it. It's going to main event all out. Yeah. Um. So the idea is that CM Punk has to end the babyface performance of a lifetime in Chicago to beat this version of John Moxley. And they're not even that as good version of John Moxley. He was still like a very powerful, strong, credible character in AEW canon, so it has to take... It took like the the screwjob of all screwjobs to beat him last time, so... Um, he has to be kept strong, and indeed that's why they did the squash. The cold political reality of that situation, from which art can be derived, but um, the cold reality is John Moxley's probably pitched this thinking, I have to be strong after this program. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bury the guy, I'm going to squash his ass, and then when I beat him, it'll be no great shame. I'll always have that squash win that they can promote subsequently. If they do the crutches gimmick, I think it really adds to the difficulty that is the best part of this drama and that I likened it on the What Must Happen at All Out podcast, again, sorry for repeating myself, to, I'm not saying that the Walter White and CM Punk characters are remotely similar, but the predicament that CM Punk faces here is he is at his weakest facing John Moxley of all wrestlers at his strongest, having just beaten the best in the world in, what, two minutes. Um, this is like a predicament similar to that which Walter White faced. This great drama where it was like, you've watched Breaking Bad. Uh-huh. There were certain episodes where you're like, that's it, he's caught, he's done. He's either dead or he's caught. There is absolutely, even with his diamond-sharp mind, there's no way for him to get out of this mm-hmm. situation. And the thrill and the drama was, how's he going to get out? How's he going to get out? And he actually did. So this is a little bit like that. I think the crutch element um, makes that a little bit too hard to believe that Moxie's going to get beat on Sunday night. And how to arrive at the match, because a lot of people are wondering this, is it as easy as Punk saying, look, I lost, I wasn't prepared. Um, Can I have a rematch, please? <laughs> it's all a bit automatic yeah. in WWE. And yet again, I don't have WWE. Hello, John Moxley. Hi, CM Punk. Yeah. Uh, hi, John Moxley. Hello, CM Punk. 
Um, look, my foot's really in bad shape. I know you beat me, but I want a rematch. Can I have it? Moxley going, well, we haven't really built anybody else to your level of star uh-huh. or draw. So, yeah, you might as well. That's obviously the only match we can do. That's what's not going to happen, which leads me to believe that he might, CM Punk, say, look, I promise to fight until the wheels have come off. Kind of meant that literally. I'll retire if the wheels have come off and look at this. The wheels come off, but I want one more fight and I'll put my career on the line. And the Chicago crowd, if they can com- be convinced into thinking this is the last time they're ever going to see CM Punk in the arena and CM Punk is so incredible at his selling that he will make them think that. It could create an atmosphere for the ages. The stakes are absolutely massive as well. Retirements... You can kind of take them seriously in AEW. No one's retired yet, but they've always upheld the stipulations. Mm -hmm. Always, 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 always. So I think that is the way to go. But, you know, we sat here at this exact moment last week running, like we did process of elimination. Sorry, I'm going on and on and on. No, no, it's fascinating, this. Um, We ran down every scenario of what would WWE do here or what kind of things could they do here? And not one of them happened and something that was completely unpredictable that we in fact did not predict (laughs) did end up happening. It's the same situation here. And that's what I find so compelling that they are going to do something that you probably can't predict. And it's going to be great because as you mentioned, Will Bourne very astutely, why wouldn't they have just done the match Mm -hmm. that Sold itself with that nose-to-nose confrontation at Quake by the Lake. Everyone was thinking, right, you don't even need to cut a promo almost. I'd, I'd like one. They're two great mic men. There must be a great reason. And I believe, not everyone, I believe we got the first phase, phase one, <laughs> of that great reason last week. But there, there must be something. Otherwise, they simply would have done some awesome promo exchanges ahead of them not touching because that match was so anticipated. Mm. What do you think is going to happen? I'm actually yeah, interested. Yeah, no, I, 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 I hadn't even considered it. And then the moment you pointed it, it was like, oh, yeah, obviously. I don't know whether it's career or even just I'll leave AEW because... Oh, I like that element because it's kind of believable. People think he's unhappy and stuff. And it's a nice thing of like, like oh, you know, well, all out to all out. You know, I had my first match back here with Darby Allen last year. Yes. Yeah, yeah. My brain's just soup when it comes to anything in the midst of the pandemic, whatever that was. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, oh, I mean, where's where better to leave than if I am going to, you know, if I can't get it done. I've been world champion at the end of the day. I've kind of come in, I've faced loads of people I'd love to face. Obviously, there's millions of more people that we'd still love to see Punk face, and I, you know, I don't think he's going to lose. But, yeah, you need some sort of little bit of something rather than just, oh, I fancy another shot at that, actually. You know, I've got a rematch clause in my contract, so I'll be cashing... I don't know whether the only thing I was thinking, and I don't think this is going to happen, but obviously there was a lot of talk last week, last week, two weeks ago, with Punk going, Hangman Page, come on, you got your title shot, come out, 10 seconds, you can have it. Where the Mox does that, and Punk just like, oh, follow <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me get out there, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I think uh, for as grumpy as I was last Thursday morning, I think all it would take, yeah, is a, is a, an emotional punk, like you say, saying, look, I'm getting older. <clears throat> and, you know, um, you talk about breaking bones, you know, you broke my bone, even though he didn't even, I didn't even hit you with it because it was obviously the standing yeah. foot that it was. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just really excited to see what this is. Like, I'm almost more excited to see this than see the world title match last week. Yeah. Maybe that's, you know, just recency bias or whatever it may be, but... This is this is a real test for me for for not just Punk and Mox but Tony Khan and the way he presents it. And I think you're right. 
I think it's the elephant in the room. You can't open and go, well, later on we'll hear from Mox and fingers crossed we'll have some sort of title match at the yeah. pay-per-view. But the interim, it's always let's the see most... what Brian Danielson's up to. Absolutely. It's almost invariably the most watched segment on the show, yeah. which makes all the sense in the world to open with it because this is the thing that sells the pay-per-view. Before we swiftly move on, I've got one idea um, after what I expect to be an absolutely phenomenal promo exchange. Um, mashed Potatoes on Twitter noticed yes. the um, symmetry between CM Punk being a dickhead and doing the Snow Angels and adopting the exact same pose when he effed around and got found out. <laughs> yes. um, if, you, if you remember, a quake by the lake, and they went nose to nose, and Moxley just went like that. The old, uh, I'm going to get your shoulder out of the way with my shoulder. What if he does that this time? But stamps on his foot on the way out. Just trods on it as he's walking out. Looking back at a smirk. It's in Chicago tonight. Obviously, it's all out week course, in Chicago. Yeah. That will get him all the heat in the world just by standing on someone's foot. And that will really clue the audience in that it's Chicago. They're obviously going to cheer for CM Punk regardless. But that'd be one last dick move from Mox mm. to be like, right, okay, you're going to cheer for him because he kind of needs it. And he Look knows he's in enemy territory. There's no point pandering to... Yeah, yeah, I like that as a touch. Would you, in terms of structuring the show, honestly, get to some point where I'm going to be sitting here going, I just okay, realized, segment sorry. one, segment three, or whatever. Um, but would you immediately follow that with Danielson? Like, I don't, you know, we're not experienced TV bookers, but it feels like to me, if I'm a casual fan going, I don't know what the bloody hell that was last week, but I've got to find out. You have that, and you go, bloody hell, that's great. What we got, Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, and all the other stuff later on. Right, well, that'll probably be about... I don't know what time is it even on in America. Half nine or something. What am I going to do in the interim? And then Brian Danielson's music hits. Or you even just have Brian Danielson walk out in a little moment with Mox and a little moment with Danielson and Punk as oh, well. Do you have it follow it straight away? Absolutely. Can you remember, Wilborn? Around about this time last year, in fact, or at least like maybe a month, maybe 11 months ago, where it was like, right, for a while, I know it kind of faded and certainly it must have, because if you look at the ratings now between Dynamite and Raw when they were so close, the magic of this sort of period of AEW has faded, but they didn't immediately bollocks it up after All Out. Um, apart from FTR dressing up as the crazy super frogs or whatever it was. that was Oh, yeah, weird. that was weird. There was this period where it was like the start of Dynamite. It would be like the pyro goes off. and Where's the night? You know what that means? <laughs> and then um, you'd hear... Look at my eyes. And then CM Punk would come out. And then... Because he would do commentary for a bit. Yes. And then you'd hear, and it's all about the boom. And you'd think, Jesus Christ. You've heard the dynamite theme, instant endorphin rush because the show rules at its best. Then you hear Cult of Personality. Then Adam Cole. And it was like, it's a goddamn concert. Yes. It's a gig, not just this awesome wrestling show. So for that exact reason that you just pointed out, Willborn, I think the... What did I know that means? Um, wild thing to Cult of Personality to fire promo exchange to Ride of the Valkyries. It'll feel like that wrestling dreamland vibe that you got late last year before the FTR dressed up as um, the Super Crazy Frogs. And it was like, what are you doing? Because they built the full gear. Wasn't yes. great? No. <laughs> what if... I like the stamping on the foot thing. I think that's probably the way they're going to go. And I think there's going to be more of a definitive line because I, I never know where the bloody ad breaks and stuff go. But I don't, there's, not, there's not any normally initially straight away. What if... I don't know. Maybe it's still WWE. Tell me if I'm going too far here. Pro if, probably, mate. Yeah. What if CM Punk says, John Moxley, you've won all these world notes. He doesn't read off his Wikipedia page. But he says, I'm going to you know, I put my career on the line or you know, I'm going to leave AEW or whatever. And I'll see you Sunday in Chicago. 
What if Mox goes, I'll see you Sunday in Chicago. By the way, you're going to get your f***ing head kicked in, and then Brian Danielson comes out. Yes, I'd absolutely love that. I'd absolutely love it. And then you know can... what? I just thought, because I'm so excited about this. What if, can you imagine the traffic? And I know that Twitter isn't real and all the rest of it. <laughs> yes. But everyone outside of Twitter. Custard. I know. <laughs> Everyone on Twitter, everyone on Reddit, Facebook, every wrestling fan, right, knows about the CM Punk Colt Cabana thing. It must have been, it must be verboten for anyone to explicitly mention Cabana by name, because otherwise, like the first thing that they would have done was right, okay, if you're willing to work together in any capacity, MJF has this bit where he puts you have to wrestle him before you get to me. He would have done that with yes. Cabana and Punk in Chicago, no less, before Revolution. If that was ever on the table, obviously it isn't. We know that CM Punk got pissed at the mere subtextual mention of Colt Cabana by Hangman Page. What if Colt Cabana drives one of the biggest AEW buy rates in AEW history if John Moxley mentions his name in Chicago? Ooh. Like, every single person on Wrestling Twitter or on Squared Circle or whatever will have a comment to make on that. Instant buzz, it's all anyone can talk about, oh, this match is so hot, it's got to be for the pay-per-view. It's a bold strategy, Cotton, to mention yes. Colt Cabana the week before. But they've just got something, and I'm electrified as to find out what it is. Exactly. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, well, let's talk about Danielson Hager if we think that's going to come next on this show. Um, have you watched The Road 2 yet? No, what I do, <laughs> what I do on a Wednesday, right, is that I have to get up at 4. And now my body clock just gets me up at 4 a.m. every day now. It's it's getting an hour earlier every night. So because <laughs> and the kids are going back to bed legs. Like, yeah, and nah, and nah. <laughs> So when the kids are asleep, I'm just going to put the control center on. Just as I need something to watch before I go to sleep. Yeah. 
So I'm just going to put that on. It's only, what, 15 minutes? The road twos are like six minutes this week. Oh, right. they can't really say, well, marks and They do the control center where they put the road two stuff and a Shivani. Yes. So I watch that 12 minutes usually. It's like, right, where's it now? You know what that means? <laughs> Go to goddamn sleep. <laughs> uh, so no, I've not watched it yet. <laughs> In it, I, I don't know whether, like, it just is a, a happenstance or whatever. Jake Hager talks loads about Brian Danielson's nose. Really? Yeah, he keeps saying... Keep your big nose out of our business. You put your big nose in our businesses at like Anarchy Arena, and then look what happened to you. And you're, yeah, you, your big nose. I think, I think Brian Anderson's going to break Jake Hager's nose. Oh, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's a bit like you know, you know we go like, oh, I think there's, there's been these breadcrumbs here. But you have, you certainly one way you can do that: is shoot, break someone's nose. And unless Hager's going, I just, I just put it out there. And as long as you pay for the repairs, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. You can do it or whatever. But um, we all know Danielson's going to win this. Obviously, he's got the match with Jericho at the Pape. This is, you know, Hager's meant to be the big bad that's going to take him out of action before the pay-per-view. That's obviously not going to be the case. But um, Dan Brian Danielson's just the best, isn't he? I mean, I don't, I don't really know how else to sell him to you. Brian Danielson, that's the, that's the end of the sentence. Absolutely. Um, it's incredibly fashionable. The most fashionable take online is, oh, Jake Hager sucks. No one's ever brave enough, apart from me, to put Jake Hager over when the man deserves to be put over through a body of work mm. that he can do. Um, no one will ever admit it because you lose, like, your cool observer, lapsed observer subscriber cred. <laughs> yes. If you dare put over Jake Hager because he's so unfashionable... And he's such a bit of a disappointment given what was forecast in his career. And I think he's a bit magger as well. And, like, you know, I hate mm. the art right and all the rest of it. But, like, that comes into it as well. Um, but sometimes Jake Hager is actually really good, right? He's great in tags. He's great with a beatdown. Sometimes he's piss funny even if he doesn't mean it. Tag was great last week. Yeah, the tag was great last week. He had a match with Cody Rhodes at Fighter Fest that I contend is the most underrated match of all time because it was fantastic and people were like, oh, how good could it have been? I'm wrong to think this was good. It was Hager. Oh, I've got to protect my uh, mm, yeah. my mask of irony. Therefore, I have to bury Jake Hager. Look, Jake Hager is not a great professional wrestler. Some of his stuff looks pretty weak given his size. Jake Hager is capable of entering a great performance every blue moon and he's going to do it against Danielson because he's in there with Danielson. I think this will surprise a lot of people. I think that Danielson will love the idea of going in there with someone who knows how to fight, who knows how to grapple on the mat. I think this will be an incredibly distinctive match under... What's Hager going to do? He's just going to say, right, I'm clay. I'm clay for you, Danielson. And Danielson will relish the challenge of dragging something great out of Hager. Um, I expect a bit of an MMA influence. Obviously, Danielson loves it. Jake Hager does it. Um, some amateur stuff as well. I just really think this will be a nice, distinctive different kind of match that will not be lacking in violence either. No. Um, what? Uh, imagine fantasy booking a match, a spot in a match with Jake Hager in it. I'm going to do it right now. Psycho knee, evades it at the last second, grabs the trailing leg and locks in the uh, the ankle Ooh, lock. Oh, I like that. That's really nice. Yeah. Might be physically impossible, actually. <laughs> well, I've, 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 spent too, I've spent too long with you. Yeah, um... Post-match stuff to set up the papers. Well, well and I was sort of having a similar chat in the office earlier because I said, "Oh, you watched so I was watching the the road too," and he said, uh, "Oh, I'm sure Danielson would drag a great match out of Hager." Then 
He's like, has he had any good matches in AEW? And he has. And I said, yeah, I said, do not sleep on Jake Hager as a tag, a tag team wrestler. Honestly, he's, he had a run with Chris Jericho, and they had a match against SCU, and you're thinking on paper, right, it's Hager, Jericho's hot and cold, Daniels, uh, Christopher Daniels is thrashed. How good could it be? And it was amazing. Yeah. And they had a match with Janela and Sonny Kiss. That was also great. But the SCU one, I'm going to try and write a list of 10 shockingly awesome AEW matches, and that would be number one. Mm. It was so fantastic. Yeah, I think the only th- other thing, and I'm just going to steal, I do apologize. I don't know whether I saw this on Twitter or the comment section of The Road to the other the suggestion that I saw related to this match, because obviously we know Danielson's going to win, is uh, that post-match, I don't know whether you have Jericho on commentary or just Jericho's there or... Jericho on commentary, absolutely. The whole of Jericho Appreciation Society are going to be in and around this, aren't they? Um, Jericho and Daddy Magic. Yes. Oh, that'd be great. Um, but post-match, Danielson's celebrating and Jericho's like, I'm not having this. I'm, you know, I'm a sports entertainer. I'm just going to get an edge by kicking the crap out of him days before the pay-per-view. Goes down to attack Brian Danielson and who makes the save? And Daniel Garcia, because he can't, you know, he's he's torn now, and he's eventually going to, you know, break our hearts again by probably sticking with the Jericho Appreciation Society. But yeah, I have medium to high hopes about this for for the, all the reasons you've laid out there, and uh, yeah, it's going to be. I think it's going to be class. It's Genuinely. like he's a David versus Goliath, but the David is also incredibly vicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think I generally think this is going to be awesome. Uh, right, we'll come to the uh, to the main event when we get to the podcast main event at the end. So we'll run through some of the other stuff first. Um, Tony Storm, Hikaru Shida, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, obviously all fighting for the uh, interim AEW, AEW Women's World title at the Pape. They are tagging Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter on tonight's show first, though. Yeah, this is a bit... Uh, if you want to be generous, it's a bit New Japan. If you want to be cynical, it's a bit WWE. Um, they tend to do this with the women a lot. In fact, I believe they did an almost identical match ahead of Revolution when it was Baker and Thunder Rosa, but it was Baker and Hater versus Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to her? Jesus Christ. Um, look, the heel team's probably going to win because I expect them to strap up Tony Storm. Um, so this is all crushingly predictable. Um, but... There's some really great talent in that ring. And it's in Chicago, known for its rabid fans. So I expect this to be loud. I expect this to be really good. It's going to be one of those things that's hard to get jazzed about something like this. You kind of know the result. You know why it exists. It's not a great story. To be in their defense, it's not a great story you can tell. Like, there's a shift in plans. Um, so this is basic and is solid as it gets, but I really think the work will be strong, and I think the Chicago crowd will elevate it big time. I think this will be a big over-delivery. Is there a chance, and I realise that the dangerous territory I'm stepping into here, that you don't necessarily do a can-they-coexist thing, but you do something where it looks like Jamie Hayter maybe has, I don't know who you pin it in this match, Sheeda probably, uh, although I'm anticipating Sheeda probably gets pinned at the pay, but regardless, um, she does beat Jamie Hayter's hit with something huge uh, because she's great, Jamie Hayter. And maybe she steps back to admire her handiwork and she gets backslap tagged by Britt Baker, who's like, I'll take it from here. Out you get. Yeah. Just as a little little sneak peek because you know that they're going to have the moment of the paint where they're like, two of us can beat the crap out of them because they can't, they're not a team. 
And then, but then at the end of the day, it's a four-way. Someone has to win. One person has to win. So I don't know whether you think that's going to factor into maybe the finish. So maybe Britt Baker gets the victory, but she's like, we won as a team, Jamie. Because yeah. it's been... I like that. They've been... They've been Trip feeding us this for bloody ages, this this split between these two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that is, in fact, the way to go. Yeah. Uh, oh, we need to play the... Wait a second. It's time to play the game! And what game would that be? <laughs> Michael Sidgwick. I'll never in my life get over how much she sounds incredulous at the idea that <laughs> in the least ideal circumstances, someone's saying, it's time to play the game... I like, always think of your story about your son going, it's time to play the game. It's time to bed, James. Half eight at night. James, can I, uh, Dad, can I have a go with FIFA? It's time to play the game. <laughs> it's honestly, I just the, the incredulity in her voice, which is not going for that at all. It's almost as if, like, right, okay. Um, nice knowing you all, but we're on a ship. The water's creeping in. And uh, we're near death. This is the end. I can't believe this. Um, then someone going, fancy some Cluedo? It's time to play the game! It's not time to play the game. We're dying on a ship! It's just, it's just, it's just why does she say it like that? It's great for context if this is your first podcast. She's just trying to do Triple H's like it's time to play the game. Is it to say like trying to convey intimidation and a one threat? The, it's the, time to play the game. <laughs> it's one of the easiest things to do, and it was karaoke. So, uh, in just my head, it. in my head, it's your, it's your go-to. So everyone has a go-to song at karaoke. What's yours? And it's well, it's now, now it's going to be this. It's time to play the game. <laughs> Christmas party 2022 sorted. Uh, rip it up by orange juice. Is it? Yeah, that's good. I don't. I don't know whether I've actually got a go-to one. I like Arctic of, Monkeys, don't you? I like Arctic Monkeys, but I, I know I can't touch greatness, so I try and avoid doing them. What do you think of the new single? I'll tell you what, I have done. I haven't heard it yet. I genuinely haven't heard it. I've seen like a clip of them playing it. At it's festival. on Spotify now. I'll go and check that out. I um, like it. I like it a lot. I will say once, I got blind drunk in my own town and sang Dizzy Rascal's Bonkers, which went as you'd expect. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, of course, Solace Preamble is ahead of the game, yes. which we like to call, Well, this is ladies night, and I'm thinking no ordinary. The idea is to gently mock AEW's insistence on cramming the women into the death spot with the idea that we can manifest them not being in the death spot by making a joke at how bloody often and how cruel it is that they do it. And in fact, maybe Tony Khan has been listening to yes. us play the game. Well, this is ladies night, and I'm thinking no ordinary. Because they're not always in the death slot these days. Sometimes they're in the first hour. What? Uh, what's, what do you think it's going to be? You're, think, the, you're the winner, aren't you? So that's how I, I, was, I was the reigning champ from last week. Uh, one hour twenty. Just one hour twenty. Bang on. I'm no messing about this week because there's just just the two of us. Because uh, oh no, one hour no, I've said it now. Because yeah, they're going to do that, and then they're going to go. Cool. Time for the uh, time for the six man. So Will Warn at one hour twenty minutes and zero seconds. Tell me when I'm telling lies, Tony. I think that Britt Baker 
is probably perceived internally as more of a draw. And if anyone's going to get a good quarter hour in that women's division, it will be Britt Baker. And, like, look, I'm going to be made a tit of when they invariably announce Luchasaurus in action. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Isn't it a bit um, convenient that Ricky Stark's in action and then Powerhouse Hobbs is going to come out, they're going to do something like that yes. later. But the trend for these goddamn trios matches is they go half an hour to their slight detriment because you get two momentum-killing ad breaks when momentum is everything in those matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and Osprey Omega, which we're going to get to imminently, goddammit, is going to go along, I think. So I think for this is ladies nine, I'm thinking no ordinary. One hour. Twelve minutes. Yeah, might be a shout that. And actually, eight minutes. Okay. And 19 seconds. Okay, so splitting the difference, it's like one one hour, fifth, six, four, 14. <laughs> one hour, 14 Spit out, is the bit in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. But, you know, the whole... It's going to be very tight. We'll check out Adam Blair on Twitter, uh, who was very kindly uh, kept up to date with this. We've got so many helpful fans on Twitter with all of this. Um, but yeah, I hope they get given time. I hope they go in the first hour, to be honest. It would like, be nice, wouldn't it? Or, or even just the top of the second hour. They need hour. to break the cycle. Top of the second hour, I'd happily take the L on that. Or in the words of uh, the German time travel drama Dark, they need to break the knot. Because it's das Paradox. Sounds like a new tag team you just invented. You know, that's paradox. And we are part of You should watch Dark, it's great. Yeah, I'd rather watch that than some elements of 2.0, I've got to be honest. Uh, not AW Dark, the, the German yeah, yeah, time yeah, travel yeah, do- yeah. drama Dark. Um, quick uh, aside before we get to this main event then, because we can only preview what we've been told about, and a lot of it is just going to be go-home stuff, like you say, of... Hopefully, Ricky Stark's getting his own back on QT Marshall this week. Don't bother with that. Just shin by the watch. Why are the factory in it? I don't get it. I don't. I thought, I was like, oh, that's a nice slight diversion. Anyway, back to the... Nope, okay, we're still doing this. Um, it's almost like they're trying to book them back together. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, except he's my better enemy. What yeah. are they doing? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, but <laughs> one of the few highlights of Rampage was... Was of course Daddy Magic and Cool Hat Nand. Oh my god! There was a little backstage. If you didn't watch it, oh my god! If you didn't watch it, um, Hook got asked about them shooting on him on another promo, and he saw, said, "Oh yeah, I saw it." And to be honest, I don't care. And he walks off, and you just very slowly. The the best wrestler in the world to hear before you see right now, Daddy Magic, just yells off camera, comes in, says. I saw that afro. He saw that afro. Where's he gone? Where's he gone? And she goes, he's, uh, he's literally just there. <laughs> Running scared. Yeah. Running scared. Someone has fantasy booked for Zero Hour. Oh, which yeah. Which is the new buy-in? Yes. That was Zero Hour was the all-in thing as well. So I don't know why they've changed it from the buy-in when they're doing a casino ladder match and it's just part of their theme. It's weird. I'm going to bloody start on the Casino ladder match. Oh, God, we'll have to talk about it yep. soon. Already started. <laughs> um, 
someone fantasy booked Hook versus 2.0 in a handicap match for the uh, yep. FT dub title. For the pape. Yeah. For zero, yeah. And it's a really good idea because not only does this angle sell it, it's one of the best storylines of the year, but um, Daddy Magic's shoulder's completely knackered, so he can't really do out. So if he can just take one bump and let um, Ange do the bulk of the work, then you get Daddy Magic magic without him really sort of stretching himself too much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, they're a Goober tag team. The best Goober tag team in all of creation, but ultimately that's what they are. They can brawl, they can be presented again seriously when they need to do another anarchy in the arena or something like that, but they are established as a kind of a Goober tag team who aren't really ever going to win the titles. So who can, in fact, kill both of them and should? There's just so many spots. I really hope they set that up tonight um, because as a, I'm going to do the spot now just in case we don't get it, uh, which is Hook. Does does his entrance? Well, you do. Sorry, you do the daddy magic and and Kuhana and entrance. Hook does his entrance, and then he leans in the corner, doesn't pay him any attention. Turns around when it's time for the bell, and Ange walks over to him, flicks the the <laughs> hair knife thing that he's got, and then offers it to Hook to be like sort your barnet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hook can just snap it, and that right. Okay, that's that's the final straw. But yeah, obviously Hook decimates both of them and retains the FTW championship. Yes, absolutely. But set that up tonight. You've got enough time. Uh, but one thing that should be given plenty of time, Michael Sidgwick, is of course the Trios Tournament Dynamite Final sure. Semi-Final. I hate this. It's, it's the semi-final. Because the other semi-final then forms the... F- anyway, it doesn't matter. Because we're getting Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay in a ring together. And also... The Young Bucks and Aussie Open are going to be there, which is going to be quite nice as well. And Nick Jackson and Will Ospreay in a ring together. Yeah. Which is going to be absolutely phenomenal. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, this is great. This is going to be fantastic. Um, I'm electrified at the prospect of a car uh, of Omega Osprey going one-on-one. And it's weird because I initially thought... Uh, you're obviously working something and working a uh, match premised on how good their respective match qualities are. It's not like I want to beat you because I hate you in a real fight that we're pretending is real. It's like, oh, my worked matches are more spectacular than yours, which was a bit too meta for my tastes. But they've really worked me into thinking they actually hate each other, which is great. They obviously don't. Um, but they've just worked it fabulously. And I've said all along, the idea of Kenny Omega having the idea to have Will Ospreay design a T-shirt purely so it can be cease and desisted is absolutely fantastic. Because they got a T-shirt out of it and an angle, which is very, like, it's really creative. Wrestlers would do that. Wrestlers yes. would do that. Um, so I really believe the animosity. And like, Will Ospreay... In the parameters of this match, as a fictional work, is going to embarrass Kenny Omega early. They might even go full meta in the storytelling, where they do a sequence and kind of botch it because Omega can't even keep up, and Osprey can laugh at him. Um, in the post-match, they were saying something to the effect of... Um, Osprey was saying, like, you are wearing a compression shirt because you've got a belly now, and you're not back, and you're not fit, and you're over the hill, and all the rest of it. They might rip off. They might Osprey might rip off Kenny Omega's compression shirt and reveal Dominion twenty eighteen abs. Oh my god! And Osprey can go. 
fucking hell, bruv. I didn't fucking think you had those on, yeah? <laughs> and then Omega will be like, oh, I do. I'm going to kick your ass now because you've awoken, like, the cleaner within me, the best bounce machine. Like, this is going to be incredible. I'm just so fascinated in how Will Ospreay has the same sequence in most matches. He does it with Shingo, he did it with Ricochet, he did it with Phoenix, where they have this, like, sort of really complicated sequence where they evade, where Osprey evades uh, his opponent's attacks and vice versa, and it goes on for a minute. Can can Omega do that? Will he, in fact, falter during this fake botch and Osprey can laugh at him and then it graduates and escalates into this incredible thing where, no, he can't go toe-to-toe. Look, one of us, he opens getting pinned. We know this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all going to advance maybe a Wrestle Kingdom match between Omega and Osprey. It's just, I think you're going to get that glimpse of Omega being back back and the idea of Omega and Osprey, after all this time, working an incredible sequence in Chicago where it really feels like the cleaner's just about back and maybe he didn't come back too soon. It's going to be absolutely electrifying. And beneath that, Young Bucks and Aussie Open are going to have a great tag team match within a Tag team match. Nick Jackson and Will Ospreay are going to do some incredible things with one another. This is going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's a mouth-watering prospect. There's not a lot to add, to be perfectly honest. I think it's probably going to be Carl Fletcher who eats the pin, but there's not much better way to prove that you're back than one-winged angel Mark Davis. Yeah. Sweet Jesus. Uh, one final question. More sort of two words with a question mark at the end. Terminator dive? Terminator oh. dive from Osprey. Oh, because we obviously we had it teased last. Had it no, teased two weeks two ago. Weeks ago. Um, yeah, because this is the first advertised Omega match. We're talking about this in the office. Indeed, I think they tease it again, and they don't deliver. They deliver. Oh, is Omega kind of actually back? And then they te- finalize that story at the pape. Um, because as I've said, that was the one move that you couldn't really do anymore, and it was a bit sad and a bit grim. The V trigger you could do, the one winged angel you could do. He was barely clearing that rope on that Terminator dive towards the end of his run, naturally, because he was absolutely thrashed, and he was heroic doing business and all the rest of it. I think they save that. But they will certainly tease it. Or is... Osprey could do it and do it by about like six feet. Like, I don't know how it would work, because it involved multiple people being off the apron, so why would Kenny make him? But, yeah, in my picture, the young bucks are on the outside... Uh, selling maybe they're maybe they're fine with Aussie Open because Will Ospreay sort of goes like bollocks yeah I'm jumping on all of you even if you're on my team imagine they're there Ospreay's in the ring and he just Kenny Omega points at him and then does the tap yeah, on yeah, him, yeah. then does the dive and Omega's like yeah I don't think I don't think Omega does it but I think it may get attempted and in this well Omega may attempt to do it or Osprey may well do it yeah I think Omega barely survives setting up Osprey Omega um, in a singles probably at Wrestle Kingdom and yeah you get the full Terminator experience at all out what a way to close out the show and say see you on Sunday oh god I like is Omega can Omega even make it I think that'll be the the, the thread the cliffhanger mm. Yeah. Well, let us know your thoughts ahead of Dynamite tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch today. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at um, Sidgwick. And you can also read his brilliant book all about AEW, Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW. Uh, you can purchase it right now on 
Amazon. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, me and Sid already today have reviewed NXT 2.0. And me, Sid, and Andy Murray are going to be back a little bit later on today talking about the end of Roman's reign. But for now, this has been the Dynamite Preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.